3: terms and conditions apply you're listening to Fox Sports Radio Radio. this is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas your host R.J. Bell game show America has always wanted
0: I the future. I the
3: future. from the Vegas Strip here's R.J. Bell
4: All right, RJ, you said you, you said what the Vegas lead is going to be. The Miami Heat take over in the third quarter. They dominate the Celtics behind a strong performance from Jimmy Butler. 118-107, the final.
5: So we're going to bring in McKenzie here, who uh, anyone that follows him on Twitter or saw his tattoo, they know he went to Yale and graduated. Um, I've never seen the tattoo, but I've only heard about it. He is the type that has a lot of academic training, right? So tell us what E equals MC squared is,
6: McKenzie. Energy equals mass times constant, speed of light, of course, uh, to the power of two. <laughs> you know, he actually sounds smart there. Like, you know,
5: he, uh, he did, didn't he? Okay, now I'm going to come up with something new, and I want McKenzie's help. I'm going to come up with an MBA kind of relativity equation, and it will be the following. is how good you are is going to be – now, we can figure out how we say this. It's going to be, well, what is your potential? What's your max ability, right? If you play your very best game, how good are you? Times how often you play your very best game, right? So the theory is, okay, this team, when they decide to turn it on, they're as good as anyone, but they don't turn it on very much, right? So they may be our 55-win team. And then this other team is a little less potential, but they're always playing hard. You know, all, all the Spurs back in the day, the Hawks a few years ago. And then in the regular season, they're gonna have a higher number. Remember LeBron got fourth seed with the Cavs, I think that last year. They they had a higher number when it came to potential, but they didn't when it came to consistent effort.
4: But come playoff time, it's usually about your potential or your height, your best game. Which is why the the Nets were still one of the favorites coming into the playoffs despite being the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. Great
5: example. Great example. Everyone said at their best, they're as good as anyone. And maybe we'd reevaluate that now, but I'm not sure it'd be much reevaluated. And then if you think about it, why would the Boston Celtics, the second best team in the East, behind Miami, the best team, why in the heck would the Celtics, without home court, be favored entering the series. It's only because the assumption was Miami, with the Miami Heat culture, with a coach that really cares about effort all the time, et cetera, et cetera, the thought was that they, yeah, they might've had a better record, but they're not the better team, that their potential isn't better or higher. And my point is that the third quarter last night for an extended period, Miami played a dominant brand of basketball that wasn't about making lucky shots. You know, sometimes a team could get hot, win by 20 and a quarter, and you can say, yeah, but is that repeatable? What I'm going to propose is what we saw for Miami, their intensity, Butler with a chip on his shoulder, playing elite ball, with their depth, with their coaching, that this team at their height might be as good as any team in the NBA. And if not, how did yesterday happen? How did that dawn? And we can say well smart wasn't there. Okay, adjust for him being there. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the Heat played as well as any team I've seen this year in the third quarter. Does anyone disagree?
6: No. Not at all.
5: Right. So so what's so what's the so do we have to reevaluate the Heat? I,
4: I think we do, because what the Heat have is what everybody wants. They want someone who's better. In the playoffs, who's a, a go-to guy in the playoffs. And Jimmy Butler, if nothing else, is a fantastic postseason player, especially since he's been in Miami. He's And maybe we don't give him the love because his baseline, uh, his regular season baseline, isn't elite. But when the playoffs start, when the lights are the brightest, Jimmy Butler has been fantastic, especially since he's come to Miami. All right. So do we have some numbers on that?
6: All right. Yeah, I do, actually. This shocked me when I saw it. So game score, it's a lot like PER, both made by John Hollinger. It's a way to say, let's take your whole box score into account, efficiency, points, everything. Okay, so, what's, a, so, so what's the range? Uh, 10 is average, 25 would be like MVP level. Okay, so what do we got? Butler had, Butler had a 43, which was a 22nd best number. Of all time in the NBA playoffs, Michael Jordan had two games in his whole career better than Jimmy Butler from a game score perspective last night. Okay, so this goes back. It's not just a number that we've had like the last five
5: years or a new number. Because it's coming from the box score, they were able to calculate it retroactively. So they went back to Kareem, Bill Russell, whatever. And Michael Jordan had only, like, you could make the case that if we said, all right, let's put Butler and Jordan and say, well, let's talk about the great games between those two. And you would say, well, number one's Jordan. Number two's Jordan. Number three, Jimmy Butler. That's crazy, right? That's And it right. was just this most recent game.
6: Yes. So 41 all- points, 12 for 19 shooting. Amazing efficiency. Three steals in the third quarter alone and a block. That's amazing.
5: Amazing, you say. Okay. We are straight out of Vegas. McKenzie just doubled through everything because he likes the mic. But I think his point is very well taken. Is If I would have said, you know what, I before the game, if I would have said, you know what I expect tonight? I think Jimmy Butler is going to have a game so good that MJ maybe will have two better than him in his career. And remember, one of those games, do you know the two
6: MJ games? Yes, it was the 63-point game. And it uh-huh. was the game versus the Heat in 92. And It was the a round one game in the heat, ninety two. Oh yeah. my gosh! So like, uh, so,
5: w- so we would make the case here for any game played in the history of the NBA in the conference finals or the NBA finals. Jimmy Butler had the best
6: game. I- I'd have to go back. i, I got. What do you mean? What do you have to what-
5: go? What do you have to go back by? You're saying, oh, w- oh, wait a minute. Yeah, no. You're saying Michael Jordan had the two best, and Jimmy Butler had the third best. Well, Jordan's games were in the first round against Boston and the first round against Miami. So how could it be I'm saying
6: that? Jordan had two better. There are other players that, that also had better, like Kevin Durant had one game, for example. Oh, OK. So that still is impressive. Maybe you can look into that. I mean, it seems interesting where it would rank historically. It's 22nd all-time, 22nd in the NBA playoffs. OK, that's pretty good. I mean, if we are going back to the 60s.
5: So I, I think the short answer here is that we're talking about an all-timer. If you're, ta- if you're the 22nd best game, that's less than one a year It's going to meet that criteria. It's less than one every two years if you go back in history. So 44 years, well, the NBA has been around for 75 or whatever. So to me, this is kind of a, now we think it through, a once-in-four-year type game. Right? Twice a decade, maybe three times a decade, you have a playoff game this good. How can we question the heights of the Heat? Because not only— was Butler good? The team was really good, and we're going to talk about the individual players. Is Butler good enough? Is the open question. But I, I think the, uh, huh, I think it's hard to think anything except you need to reevaluate Miami. And you know what? That's a rare thing, because we've talked about it again and again. A team can lose by 40. The market typically doesn't reevaluate them too much. I think there's a re- or win by 40. I think there's a reevaluation here, AJ.
4: Well, I think this, the series price has told us that there's a revaluation. The Heat now favored minus 140, the Celtics plus 120 in the series. Well,
5: but, I mean, you do realize that when you win a game, there's always going to be an adjustment in sure. the money. Do yeah. you think this was but more But it was because, a game they were favored think, to win
4: by five points. Do you think— this, So this was kind of, Kind of an assumed thing that they were going to win this game, right? That's just not true. When you're favored by five,
5: it means you have a better than 50% chance to win. It's not assumed. It's not like we're apes and we're saying, well, they're favored, so they win that one. No, it's, it's if it's your one-point favor, you're going to win 52% of the time. If you're a 20-point. So, yeah, I mean, it was a better than 50% chance, but that means it was almost, a fa- at least up until the absence, announced absence of Smart and the COVID situation, that, with, that, Horford. with Horford, that it was, uh, you know, it was a pretty much a pick him game, you know, it was down there one and a half to open. But let's do this. Hmm. Well, first, of, let me think for a second. Hey, we got a little business. Why don't you do that yep. first?
4: AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone's here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone.
5: So here's what I want to do, and maybe we can start doing this after every game. If we, we know what the line is in a game, right? So yesterday it closed five. Now, a lot of listeners are thinking, RJ, didn't you say it would close five? And I'm going to say, yes, I did. Did anyone else say that? No, they didn't. Did, no. Did you want to make any comments on that? No, nope, I said four and a half. Yeah, well, I know. But, I mean, did you want to say anything about man? Yeah, R- listen, you're, the,
4: the great one, R.J. Bell, he, uh, he knows.
5: I'll take it. Okay, that's enough. That's all I need is that. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> ask for Well, wait, okay, that maybe is a lot. But I'm not asking for that. I'm just, I mean, it was your choice. All right. Um, <laughs> here's what I think we should do. What you can do after you know the uh, the line is you can extrapolate what the series price should be. It's the binomial machine, as we call it, with McKenzie works on. So we can say, okay, given the assumptions of the last game, what should the series price have adjusted to? And did it get adjusted more than that? Because whenever there's a series price adjustment, there's two factors in it. One is... Well, I guess it could be – yeah, there's two, but one of them's a little broader. One is what's the mathematical reality of the series? It's a race to four. Like imagine if a team's up 3-2 and they win. They say, well, what's the adjustment? There is no adjustment. The mathematical reality is the series is over. Well, right now having to win only three games if you're Miami versus four if you're Boston has a mathematical reality. That's part one of it. That's usually almost all of it. And that's what people get confused by. They think, "Oh, this team won. There there's a reevaluation of them." No, usually
4: per- there's not. I'm sorry, go particular, ahead. Particularly particularly in the later rounds, that that's the the main driving factor. In the earlier, like if a, an 8 seed is up 1 game to 0 on the 1 seed, typically they they're not going to be favored in the series after that. But
5: but that's not what we're to, what I don't even know what you're saying right now. No one said they're going to be favored. We're saying there's two elements to an adjustment in a money line for a series price. One is the mathematical reality, and two is any re-evaluation of the teams. So, what what did you interject for that? What was the point? I don't understand it though.
4: It was not a good point.
5: No, but explain it so I understand. I,
4: I was saying that, the, off, like I was talking about how this line flipped from the the Celtics being dogs or favors but it to dogs. It only flipped.
5: It only flipped because it was close to a pick-em game. Any, I mean, it's going to move a certain number of cents. Right? So if a game, let's say it moves 100 cents. Well, if a team's minus 150, what's going to happen? They're going to be minus 150 the other way. They're going to be plus 150. If a team's minus 250, though, and it flips 100 cents, it's going to go to them being minus 150, right? Yes. Yeah. So I didn't say that the favorite's going to flip. I said there's going to be adjustment in the price that has two factors. Factor one for the third time. You might want to take notes on this, AJ. Factor one is going to be how good the team is, is there a reevaluation. And factor two is the mathematical reality. When we come back, I'm going to walk around a little bit, take a couple of breaths, and then we're going to tell you was this adjusted too much, or too little, or maybe the more important question is was it adjusted more than you would expect? Is there an implication of a reevaluation of Miami? Stay tuned. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Outta
3: Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
5: Mike check. Mike check.
2: Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real... I mean, that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move, and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from.
0: Covino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends,
1: Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer
0: reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
4: RJ, we talked about the adjustment in the Eastern Conference Finals series price after game one. The game two price, though, has moved as well. Went up to four, now back down to Miami, minus three and a half, hosting Boston.
5: OK, so now let's set the stage. On one hand, we can say, OK, what about the zigzag? And we could say, OK, let's think about the zigzag to start. Now, the zigzag says a team that just lost a game is more motivated because they don't want to lose two in a row. They're willing to make changes, adjustments to try to fix their problems. The team that won, hey, they're a little complacent. Maybe not as many changes. Maybe have that pizza the night before. It happens. We, We all say a millionaire playing basketball should always be focused. Open up your eyes, buddies. You see that it's not like that. All right, so that would mean that the line should drop. The line should drop a little bit and move towards Boston. Miami was favored by five. The line should drop a little bit. But let's just call it a half a point for the zigzag. Now, that puts us at four and a half, right, because the game closed five yesterday. But we had Horford out and we had Smart out. Now, Smart was expected to be, you know, 50-50, I think a little better, but it it was not for sure that Smart was going to miss. So when it was announced that he did miss, it moved the line. And Horford was totally unexpected. Now, from everything I've seen, and McKenzie and AJ, you can tell me if you agree, it seems like the speculation is Horford's almost certainly out in game two, but uh, the speculation is that Smart will return. Would you agree that's what the word is?
4: Yes, and yes, and the fact that there were people saying that Marcus Smart was certainly going to play in Game One, and then he didn't, makes me feel like Game Two is a strong, a probable for Game Two. He yeah. said
6: he's, he's he's aiming to come back Game Two.
4: Oh, aim! I think Bill Simmons was aiming for things.
5: I think that's the exact terminology. He, I think, I don't think I would have used that myself. We're straight out of it. Smart's a tough dude from all, all accounts, like t- even tougher than a typical NBA dude who's pretty tough to start with. So. Uh, but you know some injuries aren't about toughness some are okay here's the question then if how much is smart worth how much is horford worth I would make the case if we look at the movement that happened off of those injuries it was about two and a half points I think a minimum of smarts one and a half of those and he might even be two but let's say since he, he, we're not certain he's playing let's assume it's just one and a half points of an advantage now that Boston has compared to last game there's a Pretty good chance, smart plays. So all of a sudden, uh, the zigzag brings us from five to four and a half. One and a half points brings us to three. All right? So this line should be three right now, the assumption would be, if there hasn't been a reevaluation of how good Miami is relative to Boston. And you told us, AJ, repeat for us, what is the current line?
4: The current line is three and a half. All right.
5: So what we're saying is Miami is a half a point better then we would think they'd be odds wise, which tells me that there's been a reevaluation of Miami, an upgrade of Miami relative to Boston. I think it's justified. So you could say, Well, that's that's a pretty clean story, RJ. Well, yeah, except when we go into the binomial machine, Mackenzie's invention. Do you have a patent on this? <laughs> no, no. Okay, I don't. Well, you can't patent actually software. You have to copyright. Okay. Now, here is the question: If we assume the given the givens that I laid out, what should the price be? And what we what we've concluded is
6: the current line for the series, which is what? Heat minus one forty to win the series. All right. And it, what was the line before this game? Before game one. Before this game, there were one there were plus one fifty five underdogs. Okay. So we had like a significant movement. But actually, correct me if
5: I'm wrong, the movement is exactly in line with what we would expect with no reevaluation
6: of Miami. Correct. That's exactly what you would have predicted if you didn't see the game and you had your binomial distribution and the heat then to- someone told you the heat won.
5: How could we have a binomial distribution when you have a, a, a borderline patent on it? It's your machine. We have to ask you the questions. I mean, listen, when you have an edge, use it, buddy. But really what we're saying is this, to simplify it, is the series price is exactly what you would expect, which is, hey, there's coin flip games, coin flips happen. coin flip went Miami's way. What's the mathematical adjustment? There is no team adjustment. That is what the line is. It went from Miami being... Uh, An underdog to now minus 140. That is a mathematical adjustment and nothing else. But if you look at game two, game two is saying, well, wait a minute. We're upgrading Miami. Because what I I can assure you is when the line started before the series started, the series price before any games, when the line opened one and a half Miami at home, that was saying Boston was a point and a half better. Now the current line is saying Miami's better. A a three-and-a-half because home court's three. Now, we are accepting that some of that Miami's better is because of Horford being out. And uncertainty was smart. But I would say the following. It's a small thing. It's probably a half a point. But it looks like the betting market in game two is pricing this differently than Boston and Miami in the series price because they're two different markets, different batters. Different levels of sophistication, different liquidity. There's all different reasons. Personally, I agree with the game price. I think Miami should be upgraded. And because of that, I'm going to exploit. I'm going to exploit the mispriced, in my opinion, series price. They're just doing business as usual. Put it into the Excel macro. Call McKenzie if they need to verify anything on the binomial. And they put the price up. And I think that they uh, business as usual is not appropriate in this case. It often is, but not in this case. I'm making an impromptu epiphany best bet on Miami Heat to win the series minus 140.
3: Straight out of Vegas!
5: Be sure to catch live
3: editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Higher ratings and consumer reviews, and be sure to check
0: out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal—what more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com/sports. TireRack.com—the way tire buying should be. I'm Katia
3: Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
5: Okay, we got an upset, AJ, as we we dug into the high state numbers and uh, I guess not an upset, I, you're upset. You want to share?
4: Oh, well, I, I I was part Jeez. right, part wrong. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Go ahead. Since since 2000, Ohio State, by winning percentage, is number one in the country. Uh, just edging it. Number two, by the way, Boise State. So, please, but Ohio please, State,
5: please, the Ohio State University, please.
4: Sorry, the Ohio State. <laughs> the best winning percentage since the year 2000. But that 99-2000-2001, the end of the Cooper, beginning of the Trestle era, they won six, eight, and seven games in that three-year span. So, so they, that was, was their downtime.
5: my point was... Was seven or more? Was a, you know? You said see, nine was, or more. No, I, never, I certainly never said nine or more. I might have said eight or more. But let's say eight or more. Is th- what we're saying here is that's their down year. That, that, yeah. That that, that three year stretch was their worst three years since like nineteen ninety, right? Yes. And how many wins did they have during that? Twenty one. All right. So twenty one wins in three years is the worst three years in thirty years. So yeah, I mean, I don't think. Do, any, do you feel like Ohio State's a disrespected football program? No, but I think they feel like they're second tier. I think if you talk Ohio State and Blue Bloods, you're going to say, okay, you got Alabama, they're in a different place, and then you've got, and they're going to start ticking through. Who's the Blue Bloods? Uh, My, Miami of Florida, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, Penn State maybe, um, USC. That you know, in Boise's become one, but that's really not the case. Go ahead.
4: If you asked me who the most successful football programs the last twenty years are, I, I would have Alabama one, and Ohio State two. Okay. And I, but, I, I think I, I don't think any reasonable person could put anyone ahead of Alabama in the last twenty years.
5: No, no, no doubt. But Ohio State has a higher winning percentage.
4: Yes. Okay. But But the championships count,
5: of course. Well, I I know you're a count the rings guy. You're very simple. <laughs> I got that part. Okay. Now, but but I guess my point would be wouldn't you say, and this will be our last thing on this, that Alabama would be put on top and Ohio State would be there amongst the USC's and the Oklahoma's and, and over the last I, tw- 20 or 30 years? Yes. But really that's not the case. Ohio State is in a class by themselves for consistency.
4: We don't get I, bad I, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, especially because we we've, we've seen like what LSU, what happened to LSU in the last year, like because LSU is one of the teams that would be in that conversation with them, that hasn't happened to Ohio State.
5: Now, speaking of Ohio State, you have a
4: best bet on, that involves the Buckeyes this season. I do Ohio State to win the Big Ten. It's a minus two hundred bet. I don't see a loss on Ohio State's schedule. And after last season's disappointment, I expect a focused and strong season from Ohio State. The offense is going to be dominant again, despite losing two first-round wide receivers. They still return the best QB wide receiver combo in the country with C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba. The two games that they lost last season were all on the defense, and they presumably fixed that. They went out and got the best defensive assistant in the country last year, Oklahoma State's Jim Knowles. I think the defense is better. The offense is fantastic. Fantastic again, and Michigan falls back off Ohio State to win the Big Ten minus two hundred. My best bet.
5: Michigan's like this, what do they call them? Sequoias. They come every seventeen years.
4: You know, I mean, like Haley's Comet or something. Exactly.
5: Yeah. It was a confluence of all these events had to happen for them to win once. It's you know, Mackenzie's going to be dead ball by the time they beat Ohio State again. Let's just say that. That'd <laughs> be an interesting, predict- you know, like a bet. How far? How far back's his ha- hairline? He's got, like, that Einstein look going, right? But not gray, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Einstein. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about tonight's action. Updated line, NBA.
6: The Golden State Warriors are five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Mavericks at home.
5: All right. Five-and-a-half. So, what's that saying? Threes home court, so they're two-and-a-half points better. My gut feeling, and I did have, remember, yesterday, Dallas to win the title— As a long shot, what's our updated odds on on the title odds for Dallas? Plus
4: 575.
5: Okay. And Golden State? Is plus 135. So they're almost even money. Let me ask you this question, AJ. You've been a, a, a Golden State backer. You cashed a bet against me with them over Phoenix. I mean, it was I wasn't going to
4: bring it up. Yeah,
5: it was a weird combination of
4: events, but okay. <laughs> it's kind of like as Michigan. you call it a confluence of events. <laughs> <laughs> Haley's okay. comment.
5: Yeah. Well, no, no. But here's what I would say: is if you look at the ATS margin, or even just the yes/no on the ATS, is is it me or Golden State's got a below 500 record in the playoffs?
6: Yes, two and six ATS. I'm sorry, three and three and six. Three and six. So how in the ha- I mean,
5: like, and they started out red hot, right? Two and zero. Oh. So they're like one and six. The last seven, we're losing. Phoenix flaming out. We're losing sight of. You have to have downgraded Golden State
4: since the playoffs started, and you haven't think- though. I think as a team, you have to, especially yeah. for their their title odds. But I think their odds to win the West have gone up because of the team's falling off around. Except
5: them. it's it's nine to one they were to win the title, before the year it all started. Now they're even right. money, and two and, series and doesn't
4: agreed. account for that. No, I, I've agreed with you the, the adjustment on Golden State for their title odds has been outrageous.
5: Quickly, McKenzie, you've got a great stat. Is you like the over in tonight's game? Over two fifteen and a half, and the rationale
6: is. Teams off of Game 7 are often tired and not the best defenders. 62% of the time, last since 2003, any time that played a, game, a team played Game 7, the next game it went over. And we've seen right, money so coming way- on the over. It was, it was 2.14 and a half an hour ago. Now 2.15 and a half. I expect it to keep going up. Uh, no
5: one needs your line predictions at all. They're, they're horrible. But I do like the over in general here. If you do like it, I would bet it early, 215.5. Quickly,
4: Tiger Woods, what's his odds for the PGA? 65-1. to Oh, you got anything on that? I, I want nothing to do with that. All right. He's all right. minus 130 to make the cut. Bet MGM said Tiger winning at 66-1 to one would be their biggest single result loss ever. Well, let's root for that then. Good show.